0: Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2015. This is Di talking about Step 4. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Di. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, hi Di. Di. Yeah, and it's awesome to be here this afternoon, and um, I thank you for being here for me so that I can, um, yeah, be part of this wonderful fellowship, you know, of carrying a message that there is a solution. And, um, you know, to be living in the solution, I've first got to be living in the problem, and... Um, I had no idea, you know, what was wrong with me. Um, these lights are really blinding and I can't see any of you, which is probably a good thing. But, um, and I do feel quite nervous, so um, I'll do the best I can. And I'm just an alcoholic who's here to share experience, strength and hope of how the fourth step has changed my life, and it has. Um, look, I picked up a drink when I was 14, 15, and I ran with it, and I loved the effect that alcohol produced in me. Um, you know, and when I drank, you know, it lit me up like a Christmas tree and it enabled me to do things and say things and be a person that I could not be. And um, so my relationship with alcohol was very unhealthy from the very start. And, you know, I was, um, I needed the effect that alcohol produced in me. So, you know, for a long, long time in my life, you know, I drank, you know, and, you know, I lived a life that was fairly, it was crazy to be quite honest. I was going to say fairly normal, but that's not true, you know, <laughs> at all. Um, you know, I'm, um, I'm the type of alcoholic that got here with a problem with alcohol, and I had a really big problem with the way I was drinking, and AA offered me a solution on getting sober, and I got physically sober. I came to my first meeting on the 23rd of January, 06. I'm nine and a half years sober, and um, alcohol um, AA helped me to stop drinking. And, you know, in my first um, 12, 13 months of being sober, I did many, many meetings, I did what I was told to do, you know, go home, get rid of all the alcohol, don't have any alcohol in your home, don't go near the old environment, don't, um you know, don't do a lot of things and attend many meetings, and that's exactly what I did. You know, but for me, that wasn't enough. I needed to do more. Um, just putting down the alcohol, my solution left. My solution to life left, and I was left with me, and... Um, you know, my first 12 months of being sober was incredibly difficult. And somebody said to me, die, if you don't think you're an alcoholic, now that you've stopped drinking, has your life, um, if it's getting worse for you, you know, maybe that's a sign, you know, that, you know, you are an alcoholic. But the problem for me was that I didn't know if I was an alcoholic or not. And so trying to diagnose my alcoholism in the rooms of AA, listening to your stories, you know, if you, if, you know, the bashing and crashing, I didn't identify with a lot of the guy's stories. You know, the girls' stories, you know, I did. And, um, you know, I'd say to myself, yes, I'm an alcoholic. I belong here. Sorry, I've got to do that because I can't see. Yes, I belong here. But then I'd hear these terrible stories, you know, and I'd, um, you know, say to myself, hang on a minute, I never did any of that stuff. I never drank methylated spirits. I never drank in the mornings. I've still got a job. I've still got a car. I've still got a home. How can I be an alcoholic? And the reason that I'm telling you this is because this is the part of why I need to do this fourth step because, you know, I really struggled with belonging in AA and um, so when I was 13 months sober, you know, somebody crossed my path who knew this 12-step recovery program and who actually, and by that stage I was in enough pain that I was willing to be teachable and I had, um, for me, I had a lot of denial. I had a lot of ideas about myself that were wrong, you know, and I was a victim. And, you know, and I drank because of, the way, of it, the way that everybody else treated me. And, um, you know, coming here, um, you know, I needed to not only get physically sober, but I needed to get emotionally sober. And I had no idea what that meant. I knew that I had problems with other people. I knew other people had problems. And I knew that I drank was my solution to coping with a lot of things that hadn't turned out that I wanted the way that I wanted them to. So, um, so what happened was I started going through the 12 steps because I needed more than just sitting in meetings. I was going crazy, um, doing that suggested form of, you know, treating my alcoholism. I had no idea what the word what an alcoholic was, to be quite honest. And as I said, I was trying to diagnose my alcoholism you know, based on identification with people sharing from the floor. And and that wasn't enough for me. And um, so I started this process of going through the the 12 steps. And the first step, you know, I was able to um, really get honest about if I belonged in AA or not, if I was an alcoholic. And it was hard for me, for me to admit complete defeat. I was able to admit that I, that I had a problem with alcohol and that alcohol was, had taken over my life to a degree. I was obsessed with it completely. You know, but it says in the big book that we needed to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics. This is the first step in recovery. And once you know, I got to that point of going through the work and getting really, really honest if I suffered from this allergy to alcohol, which sets us apart from the average temperate drinker, I was then able to be given the truth about myself enough to to know and understand in here that I belonged here. And if that is the case, what am I going to do about it? I'm going to follow. I'm going to follow the advice of my sponsor, who was saying, "Okay, let's move through the work," you know, and. Um, And I I was able to admit that I needed to be restored to sanity in regard to the way that I drank, but that was about as deep as my understanding about my insanity lie. And um, you know, and in the big book, you know, it talks about you know that, you know, all of the stuff about which is underneath my drinking. Now that I'm physically sober, what's the problem? I've put the alcohol down, and I went on this, you know, this journey of thinking, thank God, it was the alcohol. I've put it down you know, fantastic you know, and I was on this high in AA you know, that um, I found the solution, it was that bloody alcohol and um, you know, for me there was a lot more wrong with me than just the way that I drank, and I was having awful trouble, all of that stuff that it talks about, you know, I was having trouble with my personal relationships, I couldn't control my emotional nature, you know I couldn't speak to any members of my family, my first Christmas I was 11 months sober, I was a mess. I was so terrified that Christmas day of going to my family, to the family lunch and dinners that were on, because there was going to be alcohol everywhere first point. But there was people there that I was not at peace with. My relationships were a a mess. And that was with my mum. you know, my my sisters. I had that much resentment, that much jealousy, that much, you know, look what I'm doing. I'm in AA. Like, I'm doing all this wonderful work, but I, I couldn't be in relationship with other people, and I had no ability to be able to um, work through that stuff. You know, all I knew was that they'd done me wrong, and that my anger, my resentments, everything about them was justified. And here I was, you know, the one that put down the alcohol, the only one in my family that had ever come into recovery. And um, and what that did for me was it just created a whole new set of pain and suffering. And... Um, I got to 13 months sober, and I was ready to either walk away from AA or kill myself. And um, somebody crossed my path, and, you know, she's here today, Jetta, and um, I tell you what, I'm so, so grateful, you know, that um, I was shown how to be free. And I was shown how to be free, and I was willing to go to any lengths. And to do that, you know, it was to follow um, the 12 steps, and... um, so I had no. I, by that stage, I had no trouble identifying, you know, with all of that madness inside of me, and um, you know, which took me to my third step, you know. And, and she lives in another state, and she said to me, you know, I got to my third, st- the point of saying the third step, and you know, she suggested to me that I go to this meeting down in Bowen, Bowen Big Book Study, and there's a group of members down there who did step work, and to ask them if they'd say this third step prayer with me. And um, and I went there on this Wednesday night, not knowing any of them that well, you know, terrified. But I was willing to go to any lengths because I wanted to have victory over my alcoholism. And my alcoholism now meant a lot more than just getting physically sober. I was discovering, you know, especially from my first step, that I'm an alcoholic and I belong here. But I had all this other stuff going on inside of me and I had no ability to overcome it, to master it. To be able to be at peace with myself, let alone with my family. And um, so at that meeting, you know, I got on my knees with about 12 members and I took my third step. And um, and I remember the feelings I had that night, I remember it so clearly. And it says in the big book next week we launched out on a course of vigorous action. And um, I can remember at the time there was a fellow out from America called Dan Sherman, and there was a retreat up in Bendigo or Ballarat. And, um, and I was going to that retreat, because I was connected to this sponsor now, and um, you know, people who were doing step work were going up there. And, um, and I was just about to start my first column of my fourth step. And I was in this motel room in Wagga Wagga. And, um, and I had the stationery, um, which um, you know I sat at this desk in my room on my own. And I was instructed, you know, start writing a list of every person in your life that has ever annoyed you, disappointed you, you know, that you've got that you that is, um you know, that you're angry at, that you're resentful at. And I can tell you what, my pen just had a power of its own and I thought it was wonderful. <laughs> and I was off and running, you know, and that really excited me and it got me really, really um enthusiastic about this fourth step. You know, and my list just you know, and she said to me, just keep writing until you'll know when it's done. And um, and I wrote and I wrote all of these names, you know. And I went right back through my life, back to my childhood, you know. And one of my resentments was my third step, kind, um, my third year kindergarten teacher. You know, when we sang Ring a Ring a Rosie, my undies fell down because Mum had done them up with a bobby pin. You know, but that had been with me for forty-three years. They laughed at me, and I was embarrassed. You know what I mean? And anyway, and um, and then I, in my second column, you know, I got to write why I was upset with them. And I had a lot of stuff inside of me. And this fourth step was a tool to start. I describe it to others. It's like carrying a big double truck behind you of the wreckage of the past. You know, and I had a lot of stuff inside of me. And I had no idea that that was related to the way that I drank. And... Um, so this process of doing this fourth step for me was about getting all of this stuff outside of me and getting it down onto paper. And um, and there's a process to go through, you know, with your fourth step. And, and, you know, and by the time, you know, I got to my fourth column, I was starting to see stuff about myself through the eyes of others that I'd never been able to see before. I started to be shown so much truth about myself and I started to be shown all of these fears as well when I got into my fear inventory. So... You know, this fourth step was about untangling the mess inside of me. You know, I, um, I ran my life on self-will for over 30 years and had no idea. You know, I picked up self-will at 14, 15. I was off and running. I was rebellious to and did what I wanted to do, and I was unteachable. Nobody, my parents, school teachers, I wouldn't listen to anybody. And as a result of that attitude fueled by alcohol, you know, I got myself into a whole lot of trouble in my life and um, and blamed others, my mum, my dad, you know what I mean? They're my ex-husband, they're my, my adult kids. You know, by the time I got here, I was festering with hatred and resentment and fear and anger and, and trying to live in a head like that. But the thing was, I didn't even really know that that was going on until I got physically sober and then I started working on this fourth step which started... Um, and giving me a tool to be able to get this stuff outside, on the inside of me out, and um, it was um it was, you know, people say, oh look, I'm really frightened of the fourth step. You know, I'll wait until I'm weller to be able to do the fourth step. And the truth of the matter is, if you don't do your fourth step, the stuff just stays in there. It's in there, and it just drags your spirit down, and. Um, and it really, what I've discovered is working through all of this, all of this, you know, stuff, I've been able to be free. I've been a- and And this real um, spiritual experience started to happen for me, because every time I touched on my own truth, like, I'm really, really pissed off at my mother, you know, because my mum my came to AA when I was 15, and um, stayed for two weeks, did a rehab, stayed for two weeks, and then she left. Okay? So I had issues with my mum and then two of my kids when my alcoholism was in its throes went to live with my mum. So, you know, when I got to AA I had really big resentments against mum and and today it's not like that. Today there's a relationship and there's forgiveness and love in our relationship and these 12 steps have untangled that mess within me. Especially steps four through to nine which is clearing away the wreckage of the past and um I'm just so, so grateful, you know, that I got to AA. My drinking got bad enough that I had to do something about the problem. And in coming into AA um, with a problem with alcohol, I was forced to get sober. If I had to continue to drink the way that I had, I don't believe that I'd be here. Um, So, you know... I addressed the problem with alcohol, what's the problem? I wasn't coping with living at all sober, just doing meetings. It was by any means nowhere near enough for me. And, um, you know, as a result of going through this work, and I've gone through this work, you know, quite a few times, and um, and I have an ego, and I have um, self-will, and I'm still an alcoholic, thank you, and I am still um, have a mind, you know, that... Produces a lot of fear, and I can easily get disturbed when I don't get my own way with others. Um, Things don't work out the way that I want them to. I had a lot of, you know, a whole set of very unhealthy expectations about other people and how they should be behaving and how they should be treating me. I had um, a neurotic mixed-up bag of attitudes and ideas about myself and about other people. and um, And I'm not going to go into all the details of the fourth step because David's just explained it beautifully visually, I can't do any better than that, but I can just share my experience of how it's unlocked me. It's given me the ability to um, see the truth about myself. And step two says came to believe a power greater than ourselves would restore us to sanity. Being sane is the ability to be honest and to see the truth. When I'm insane, I'm in delusion and denial and I cannot see the truth and I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking dishonestly and I'm acting on that dishonest thinking. And, um, you know, I I live in steps 10, 11, and 12 at the moment. I'm about to go back through the steps again. And I go back through the steps because I need to go back to step one Um, each year. I need to have that experience with that powerlessness again. I need to... um, Because, you know, I've got an ego that rebuilds. And there's a... um, I think it was Bill Wilson's psychiatrist, Dr Harry Thibault... You know, and he says, you know, it doesn't matter how long you've been sober, the ego rebuilds, and my ego does. And I forget that I'm an alcoholic, and I forget that I'm powerless, not only over alcohol, but over my alcoholic mind. You know, my wanting to play God, my wanting to run the show, my wanting to, you know, control the lives of others, me wanting to um, decide there and then what's best for you and making sure that you do it. And, you know, that's... um, really hard, you know, when you're a mum, when you're a daughter, you know, when you're an auntie, when you're a colleague, you know. Like, my disease of alcoholism has played out in so many areas of my life and I was totally deluded that there was a problem with me. And um, it's like that peeling of the onion. I'm sure a lot of you have heard the onion analogy, you know, and the like the hard, crusty outside edge comes off, which is the alcohol, you know, and um, and I got... You know, the alcohol was taken away, so what's the problem? And then I'm you know, i in so much pain in AA that I've got to start looking deeper within. And as a result of, um, you know... And the only way it's worked for me is doing the steps. I don't know how people do it just sitting in meetings because I can't see the truth about myself unless I'm writing inventory. And, um, and each time I go back to... Um, the fourth step, and I take into that fourth step a whole new bunch of resentments, you a know, whole new bunch of fears, and you know harms as well, you know, because if I'm not experiencing my inventory on paper, I'm experiencing it in real life. And the danger for this alcoholic is that I think, and if I haven't got an in, a tool between me and the world, I act on my thinking. And acting on my thinking is really very dangerous for me, because I think I'm right. And what happens is I step on the toes of others and they retaliate, and I think, what's their problem? What's wrong with them? You know what I mean? And I'm a tornado, sober, and I don't even know it. So, um, you know, step 10 is very similar to the fourth step. Um, You know, for those, if there's any newcomers in the room here today, don't be frightened of the fourth step. The fourth step is an amazing... I think God's really clever, or whatever you want to call God, you know, because this alcoholic was so willful and so thought she knew it all that I was not going to allow anybody to ever tell me anything. And going through um, this work... Thank you. I thought, how am I going to speak for 20 minutes? I've got one minute left. (laughs) (laughs) Going through this work, it's enabled me to find a peace I've never known existed. All the promises have come true in my life and they continue to come true in my life. You know, doors have opened I didn't know existed. I've found that reality deep down within. I have an amazing relationship with a higher power today. I help others in the fellowship. I have a sponsor who has a sponsor. And there's a lineage of recovery that is in my life today. And um, I'm just so, so grateful, you know, that alcohol, my alcohol, my the alcohol that I drank got so bad that I was forced to do something about the problem. And in doing something about the problem, I came through the doors of AA, and you've shown me a way of life that I didn't know existed. You know, my daughter and I, we have a beautiful relationship. My mum and I have a beautiful relationship. Amends are so powerful. Don't be frightened of this stuff. Embrace it. If you're willing to go to any lengths, go through with the process because there's spiritual pay that comes with this stuff. Okay? The outworking, we don't just do this to live sober. There's a life of abundance on offer for you if you're willing to go to any lengths. So thank you. Information about the annual Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au. Thanks for letting us share.